1: And today is Wednesday, November the 9th, 2016, and this is Urban Talk Radio 103.5, so you WNHHLP, where you will hear conversation, information, education, inspiration, motivation from the American urban perspective. Remember, Urban Talk Radio is also being simulcast on New Orleans Talk Radio, N-O-T-N, N-O-T-N an interactive media website that features 24-hour radio, video streams, article blogs, and information on social living and current news. And for all our listeners out there, happy post-election for what that means to a lot of different people in the country today. But today on Urban Talk Radio, we're going to talk about community wellness, little free libraries, and we're hoping that you're going to vote to promote good learning, reading, and the development of our country in a very, I guess you would say, literal literal fashion. So the first little library was outside the Hudson area, was put out on a bike path in Madison in the summer of 2010. Within a few months, thousands of people had seen the little library. More people started asking for libraries, and Amish Carpenter, Henry Miller of Canston, Wisconsin became our primary craftsman or the primary craftsman for the project. He used recycled wood from a hundred year old barn destroyed by a tornado and in two thousand eleven brought national media attention where nearly four hundred little libraries across the u s were being erected and um, and set up read to grow read to grow has given more than one point four nine million books over 900 to over 900,000 children in Connecticut since its incorporation in 2000. The program operates statewide and two programs within the state. They have given to date in the city of New Haven 48,671 books.
2: Just in one year.
1: Just in one year. Today on Urban Talk Radio we'll be discussing community wellness, Little Free Libraries. You can join the conversation on Facebook at Bold Minds and Twitter at Bold Minds. You can also stream this show live on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Today in the studio, my guest is Ken Tolson. She is the executive director for Read to Grow and Jane Lewis, who is a retired librarian and an East Rock resident, and she is spearheading the Little Free Little Free Library project that we're doing here with the police department um, in New Hallville, East Rock, Cedar Hill. So, ladies, good morning. Good thank morning.
2: you. Great to be here. Thanks yeah, for having thank me. You so much.
1: So, um, we'll start off. Actually, I'll start off with you, Jane, because this is how that you're you're kind of the matrix of all of this. Uh, the first time I heard about Little Free Library was in a management team meeting. And you had brought up this project that you thought was really good, and it was a little free library, and it looks kind of like a birdhouse, but not really like a birdhouse. <laughs> it's kind of bigger than a birdhouse, and it seems like in the room some of the folks were a little perplexed, not really sure. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a fascinating idea, the fact that you could have this uh, kind of like this mailbox birdhouse structure in front of your house. And somebody could actually walk up, get a book, read a book, bring a book back. Um, And then we talked about, you know, more about where it could be put in parks and different places. So tell us about, you know.
0: How it all began for me.
1: How it all began for you.
0: Well, I was visiting our daughter in um, Atlanta, and that was the first time I saw a little free library. And I was on our, on the way to the park with our twin grandchildren. And. What a great thing to stop by the little free library, pick up a book, and go to the park. It just doesn't get any better. Um, I played with the idea for about a year because um, where we live in New Haven, we all have books in our houses. We live near uh, schools that have great libraries public schools, private schools. There are great public libraries. And, you know, I just wasn't sure that it would take off. But um, I did it, and I was surprised. Really, um, with the results that we had. Neighbors talked to each other more. There was, um, It was like a beacon of friendship. Um, suddenly, I was out raking the leaves, and people who I'd never known but would walk down the street during their lunch hours uh, would stop and talk, and um, it just took off from there. Did you
1: find people loitering in front of your little library? You
0: know, they do. <laughs> um, they do, especially during um, homecoming week. For Yale, the parents are visiting their kids, and um, they do. They loiter, they look. Parents stop and drop their kids off, um, stop in a car and drop their kids off to drop off a book, pick up a book. It becomes like um, the neighborhood water cooler.
1: So, you know, I want to flip over because I I met your husband the other day, really wonderful gentleman, and you were saying that he was very skeptical when you wanted to, put this library out front of the house, he felt like, hey, listen, why are you putting a library here? This is an affluent neighborhood. People already have books. They already have libraries in their house. Who's going to really come out of their house to go to another person's house to get a book that they probably have already?
0: Right. Well, I have to say what he didn't say was that he really loves the hedge in front of the house. And that's where the little library, I dug the four foot hole. I put in the post. I poured the cement. And here was a birdhouse um he was what i would call a debbie downer it was like this isn't going to happen you're not going to go anywhere but who's the one that goes out before bedtime now <laughs> to check the little free library to see if there's a good book there that he can read
1: him yeah <laughs> so ken ex- you're the executive director of read to grow yes uh so how how does that happen Did you, when you were a little girl you always wanted to distribute books to people or talk to us
2: well i've always had an affinity uh, to books, for sure. Uh, I've been with Read to Grow for three years now. I worked for another nonprofit and and for over 30 years in journalism. But uh, at Read to Grow, I've been almost daily surprised in a wonderful way by not only the importance of what we're doing, uh, but by the reaction to it. And as we've grown over just the time I've been at Read to Grow, uh, the more we do, the more need or desire for our services becomes apparent to us. And uh, as the figure you gave early on about just just in New Haven, the city of New Haven, over the last year alone, we've given almost 49,000 books And we do that in various ways through various partnerships and often directly to families or teachers in response to their request. Uh, Again, we're a children's literacy organization and it seems so simple. Anything that's as simple as giving books to children and informing parents and other child caregivers of the importance of talking, engaging, using books as a tool and a way to connect with their young children or their Uh And just as a quick aside, uh, when my son was, I think, 14, we were still often reading books to one another. The role of me always reading to him had changed over the years. And I still look back on that, and as corny as it may sound, uh, what that creates within a household, within a person, and within the larger community is pretty significant.
0: Yeah, do There's you a find, bond.
1: So do you find that, um, you know, there's studies that have come out that uh, prisons are built based on uh, the illiteracy of children at a very young age and, you know, this contributes... Often to the way they're marked in education, which often contribute to where they end up, obviously, in the later years of their life. Do you find that your program focuses on specific demographics? Or I know it's children, but you know, Connecticut does have a large population of poor children, yes, um, especially I think Hartford, then New Haven, then Bridgeport. I believe it's Bridgeport, and then Waterbury. So, does four major cities or the four major cities with the largest poorest populations of children. Are those the areas that you target?
2: Well, as you said too, we have, we largely work through, we work solely through two programs, one of which is in the hospitals where babies are born. Um, Our goal is to get a literacy packet to every mother in every hospital in Connecticut who has just had a baby. Uh, We're doing it 12 hospitals right now, and we're reaching 58% of all babies born. We want to reach 100. Now, that is a program that's called Need Blind. It means that any mother who has a baby in a hospital gets a literacy packet, and we have a follow-up to that, a free follow-up. In our other program, Books for Kids, we give books in various different ways but two of the pro- two of the initiatives in books for kids is very specifically geared to low income at risk families and most of those families are in urban settings and those two initiatives are called book places and partnerships and we ho- we partner with other nonprofits who are already serving low-income families, and they're serving them in different ways. They may be serving them in a medical way, they may be serving them in a social services way, but we give our partners books so that families in need or at risk can offer and instruct and inform families who really stand to gain the most from our services with our free books for children and our information. And because of that, statewide, we now have a demand for books that's over 200,000 books a year. And in creating the book places and partnerships, what we've discovered is there is an enormous demand for bilingual books. We didn't Because we didn't have these partnerships three years ago with existing nonprofits, we really weren't getting that demand. So it's kind of a case of be careful for what you wish, Mm. which was to reach out to families in need um, because we wished we could do that. And lo and behold, what we found is there is a demand that we can't keep up with because the books they need. We don't get through book drives. We collect a lot of our inventory from book drives done by various organizations, individuals, groups, businesses. Uh, about half of our inventory comes that way. The other half we have to buy. And because the demand for bilinguals is, bilingual books is going up so high, we're having to buy a higher percentage of our books. Which is again uh, a challenge. It's a great challenge. It's it's a difficult challenge, but it's a great one because we're reacting to the people
0: responding the to need. what we give. Yeah, you know? filling that need. Yeah.
1: If you're just joining us this morning in Urban Talk Radio, we're discussing community wellness, little free libraries. You can join the conversation on Facebook at Bold Minds and Twitter at Bold Minds. You can also stream this show live on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Today in the studio, my guest is Ken Tolson, Executive Director for Read to Grow, and Jane Lewis, retired librarian and East Rock resident. The area of District 6, East Rock, Newhallville, Cedar Hill, is the largest police district in the city of New Haven. It is comprised of three community title distinctions, Uh, East Rock, Cedar Hill, and Newhallville. All three share affordable housing opportunities, safe communities, public schools, and diverse cultural and ethnic groups. One of the most notable distinctions in the area of Cedar Hill and Newhallville is the lack of opportunity to share ideas gained through easy access to books. In all three communities, literacy is a common priority. However, the ability to acquire free good quality books is not available. The little free library pilot that we're working on now will foster community wellness. It will create safe spaces where cultures can interact and exchange information. It will break down stereotypes and invisible barriers and inhibit positive community relationships. And finally it will facilitate, which is Jane's favorite, favorite, favorite community spirit and increase Constructive community interaction can it do all of that jane why, why can it not do all of that
0: why not reading is about um opening your mind um it ignites your imagination uh, it improves your self-expression um it, and in doing that it empowers and promotes your thoughts um it validates what you're thinking and um it enriches conversations books are natural conversation starters uh, and if you can share what you're thinking with somebody else and listen to their supportive or opposing ideas, your ideas, as I say, are not just validated, but they gain um, a depth and become more substantive
1: in their nature. But don't, don't people, I mean, today is, uh, you know, we're, what, a few hours into the the, the new presidency election, mm. and the country is having all types of reaction, but everybody's on Facebook. No one's reading a book, right? No one's picking up a magazine and saying, Hey, I want to, I want to see people are interacting electronically. So have people given up on books or.
0: No, this is, this is a big question, isn't it? I say no. Um, I say no. Books are still a very comforting way to explore ideas and thoughts. Um, that's not to say that the, um, the digital format is, um, wrong. It's just a different format. And honestly, I will download a book on my iPad and read it. Um, yeah, I
1: don't like it. But I don't either. I've tried it and yeah. I just don't
0: like it. Um, but if I'm having difficulty getting a book, um, you know, I will download, download it, um, but I do prefer a book. That's a personal preference.
1: Talk to me before I go, go to Ken. Talk to me about this whole concept you have of community spirit. You know, it's like you've got people. Mm-hmm. Now, and I totally get, you know, from one in you know, working in law enforcement, one of the largest contributors to violence is interpersonal conflict, which mm-hmm. is lack of communication. I, I think I... I think that I think you're looking at me or saying something that I am interpreting the wrong way, but I'm not gonna necessarily take the time to understand that. Will books in a book exchange help me to sort that out, unpack that? Uh,
0: you know, it's not books as such, it's just the ability of, of sharing your ideas. Through reading a common, um, common, uh, a, a, a book that you've both read, you share your ideas. Um, you listen to the other person. Um, they become like beacons of friendship, and um, these little free libraries are people-sized. They're curbside. They're friendly. People stop. So they describe talk.
1: it. So describe so people understand. Describe the Little a little, free, a
0: little library. free library is basically just a box on a post that holds books. Um, How big is it? It can be anything. I mean, I purchased our our little free library um, box, and it's, what is it? It's about 24 by 24. Um, inches. 24 by 24 yeah. inches, Yep. Yeah. Uh, some people, though, have um, taken old newspaper, <coughs> excuse me, old newspaper, um, what do you call those, boxes? Where right, it, right, you know, right. <coughs> excuse me. And um they've made those uh their little free libraries. It can be anything. Uh it could be big, it could be small, it could be outside a coffee shop. It but could how many be...
1: books is it gonna hold?
0: How it's many books to... does your
1: hold does yours hold? Ours
0: hold mine will hold well, depending on the size of the book. I've had I've had thick books and thin books. It could hold up to thirty books, I Thirty guess.
1: books, that's good.
0: Um, but there have been uh videos put in there there have been anything that you know people have enjoyed and think somebody else will enjoy as well
1: can you steal a book
0: you could but it's an honor system here in the little free library so you take a book you read a book you return a book what if you never return it doesn't matter i love this
1: book it's my favorite
0: that's even better keep your book um but share the ideas and um you know it, it as i say it's an honor system and you enjoy the books. You enjoy the thoughts.
1: Ken, talk about vocabulary expansion. Um, as we talked about, you know, some of the children who live in these communities within uh, Hartford, New Haven, Connecticut, Waterbury. One of th- one of the things that we often find, particularly in inner city, and I grew up in an inner city, um, limited vocabulary. Like, and that's just for really for all Americans you know, pretty much as a, what is it, 100, 200 word vocabulary roughly?
2: Well, there are a few groundbreaking studies in early childhood literacy, and one of the basic ones that dates back to 2008 is uh, finding that the average middle-class child is likely to own 13 books, while the average low-income neighborhood has one book for every child has one book for every 300 children i'm mm-hmm. sorry so at this i'm not talking about school books here so the stark difference is is obvious Excellent. so what that signifies is we'll go backwards from that fact and then we'll go forwards is that you're getting in a low-income neighborhood, a message of literal availability, and an implied message of what you're all about. Um, And the implied message I'll start with first, which is I don't necessarily have an expectation of where you're going beyond just here and now today. And I'll quickly jump to another study which was done by, headed by a woman at University of Nevada in Reno, 2010, and she and others did it over 20 years. And they went around the world, this is not just the United States, and they were trying to find common threads or common disparities in families and communities where there was success, And that success was measured in different ways uh, and where there was no success. And they didn't have a predetermined thing they wanted to show. Surprise, surprise, from their study, they discovered that if you were to pick one single factor in uh, what predicts the eventual education level of a child was not the income of the family and it was not the education level of the parents. Rather, it was the number of books in the household. So that goes back to implied expectation and stated expectation. Uh, If there are books in the house, uh, that's partly... Well, that is really the reason of our mission is we give free children's books to families to keep. We want them to create their own home libraries. We're not a lending. um, Lending is great, and the the free libraries are wonderful because you take a book, if you want to keep it, great. If you want to come and give it back or take another book and leave it, wonderful.
1: It's like... um red box for books but you don't have to pay
0: perfect that's right no library fees
1: oh my goodness no due date so if you just joined us today on urban talk radio we are discussing the topic of community wellness little free libraries and in the studio i have ken tolson she is the executive director for read to grow and i have jane lewis who is a retired librarian east rock resident and she is one of the coordinators of this pilot program we're doing here in New Haven for Little Free Libraries. So, just to give everyone an overview, what we are embarking on is Jane and her family has already donated um, one of the one of the Little Free Libraries that we now have, and what we're looking to do is on this Saturday, November the twelfth. At 1 p.m. at the Newhallville substation located at 596 Winchester Avenue in New Haven, we will debut or ribbon cut this first little free library. Now, this is, we consider this to be pretty significant. One, it's a partnership with the police and the community event. The other is, in the area of Newhallville, there is no library. So there is absolutely no library there. Uh, so this is going to be really good because one I, when i talked with a, a group of my officers last night i think about it was about 10 of them or so and i explained to them what we were doing and how they felt and get the feedback and the first thing that they started talking about was this is going to be really great because kids are going to be coming now to the substation and getting a book and that's going to be a good thing you know that's a good thing when children are coming and interacting with us that was one they all felt, you know, it was a really good project, and I and I allowed for them to have the room to be candid, but they were very excited. They thought it was a very good thing. I know that this area in Newhallville at this substation will be the first in the city to have this project going on. So we're certainly excited about that, and we are looking. This is part of a pilot. The pilot is that we will put one in Newhallville substation out front. Then we'll put another one at the Bassett Street park at the splash pad that will be at Butler and Ivy, and then we're going to put one in the Cedar Hill Park near that splash pad, and that will be at, I think that's Rice, Rice Field and Rock Street. So so there'll be three roughly spread out probably about a mile and a half apart, because that's about the distance of all of them. And they will really hit those areas um, you know that, that Ken talked about you know, these are areas where the, you know, it, the income is low. Income is low. Not only are there not libraries in these areas, the other interesting thing that we have not discussed is there's no place to buy a book either. Right? So often when you go into some communities um, that are more affluent, you know, everyone has a library that's a signature, right? Even many of the houses that we live in, they had these, you know, that's the library or the study, right? So it already sets the tone that, you know, dad's in the study, dad's in the <laughs> library. Um, and so you, this was before Barnes and Noble. You didn't need Barnes and Noble, but now you might even find that in some of the even, you can kind of maybe call them rural areas, North Haven ish kind of areas where you have a Barnes and Noble Plaza But in the plaza, there's the Barnes & Noble. There is at least a place you can buy a book even though there's no library. Um, So that goes back to, I believe, uh, Ken, one of the things you you mentioned. One, there's access. Uh, Two, there's expectation. But the other part is your ability, your financial ability to actually buy a book. It's almost like going to college, but you don't have the money – to um you know <clears throat> to pay for the book so i'm gonna switch over uh to you jane and just you know what is the expected outcome you I know mean, we're, we're gonna put these boxes up right um <coughs> what is what is the expected outcome over time with with this particular project i mean you've got some authors involved you've got read to grow involved you've really been kind of like tying up all the the ends here.
0: Well, a big part of the little free library movement is that people in the community see it as their own. They own it. And so they will, um, bring books that they cherish, that they want to share with their neighbors. And it doesn't get any better than that, that you share something that you value with your neighbor creates community spirit. There's a bond. Um, you build what I would call social capital, um, <clears throat> you strengthen other bonds, um, and it's all for—you can only call it greater good. Um, and how the, many
1: books do we have so far? You said you we a, are
0: very blessed. For so this blessed, pilot. I mean, so blessed. Um, Read to Grow has donated you, I can't—it's—it's overwhelming. They are beautiful books that they've donated. Board, we're going to give
1: you a super hug. Yeah.
0: Good. <laughs> board books and um, books for uh, young adults and right. books for adults as well. Um, and we have been given a wonderful donation by uh, Roger Rosen of Rosen Publishing in New York City um, of approximately 50 of the most exquisite library quality books that had we had to purchase these, they would be anywhere from 15 to $20 a piece. Wow. Um, They're, they're really fine books, uh, that the kids, kids will enjoy. They're about sports figures, they're artists, they're entertainers, they're 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 theater books. They are. I want to keep them. You can,
1: but share the ideas. (laughs) Right. So talk about the stamp. So I thought that was very interesting too.
0: The stamp. Um, I, I do stamp the books that we get from read to grow. Read to grow puts a stamp on the back that signifies where the books have come from. But I did get a stamp for the um, for the Newhall District Police Station that just says that this is um, a little free library book purchased and supplied by the by the police department, and um, it's uh, they're always a gift; they're never for sale. And share the share it, read it, share it pass it on
1: now as read the grill do you have a stamp do you have something that you're going to be able to stamp the books for us that you donate so
2: we label all the books in the back uh with new books we stick the label on awesome and with any books that are donated to us they each and every book is gone through to see if it's properly cleaned mm-hmm. if it's uh we if it's pages are torn we don't recycle if there's markings in the books we don't recycle but then they're cleaned and also labeled so the back of every book has our uh information on it
1: so is there information so we we get these books we put them in the little free library they're at the substation someone comes and reads the book and oh this is great stamp i see that oh okay, i can bring this book back they get to the end they see read grow will there be something back there where they say where it can tell them you know, I want to learn how to read better, or I want to tell my cousin about this. And but they live in Hartford. Is there something that would? Correct oh, each them? of
2: each of our labels has a contact information. Uh, and whenever we're personally delivering books, whether it's in workshops or to other partners, even to Jane, if someone comes to Jane or to you. Uh, we always ask, please steer any questions to us because that's part and parcel of what we do is information about how to get more services, how to get more free books, and we do that across the state.
1: So I want to talk about, um, really, I think, a a very important topic, Um, you know, moving forward, our ability to collaborate to get more books, to get more Resources. Now, I have spoken with uh, a couple of entities in the community. Um, one, which is Comcat Eric Clemens. He was very interested in supporting this project, as well as um, I spoke with Miguel Pittman, who's the owner of Sandra's, and they were very enthusiastic. I, um, also, 163 Pizza um, is looking to be a steward as well. Uh, Tikaway. So, I have a few. Uh, good businesses that are looking to log huh. on as as stewards for the, for the project, but the key that the, the key question is, you know, other people out there listening. You know, someone says, "Hey, I want to do this." You know, I got listeners in New Orleans, right? Um, and we know that there's got to be a little free library in New Orleans because they're all over the world. Um, I was just down in Saint Simmons Island georgia before the recent hurricane and while i was down there i was looking for what i thought was the best shrimp place they had in the island and i was they, 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 what do you said there were willow trees i thought they were willow trees you said they were
2: Spanish moss old
0: uh old oaks
1: they're old oaks but the yeah. canopied over the
0: live oaks they're o- they're over live the oaks. road
1: and i looked down and it was this, like kind of this summer cottage and there's this little free library i'm like oh my god and when i saw it you know i'm in saint simmons island but i immediately felt so connected because i knew hey you got one in front of your house and this is something that we're working on so it was a it was this instant moment of connectivity so
0: to something bigger somebody else
1: you know there might be somebody in Um, South Side Chicago or um, you know, uh, Ferguson, right? Um, that says, you know what, I'm looking for something different to bring the community together to do something that is going to um I guess you would say maybe um blur the lines of color in our in our society. Now you got a lot of race everybody wanna talk about race, right? They wanna talk about culture and that we're throwing all these new words, these new exploratory words, culture, ethnicity, gender. Uh, but this is something that everybody can come to the table and it's been something that really has built our country.
0: It's really a global sensation because it's not just um, in the United States. It's in, I think, 33 countries. There are these little free libraries in 33 countries as well. India, um, Europe, you know, around the world. And if people are interested they, um, they can go on to littlefreelibrary.org. Um, it gives you instructions on if you wanted to build your own, if you wanted to make it a community project. There are um, templates for flyers that you can uh, download and print off to announce what you're doing. Um, I, I would really suggest they go to littlefreelibrary.org. Also, people can always go to
2: readtogrow.org. Uh, for information on how to get books, and we're going to have information on the Little Free Libraries. Uh, Oh, good. uh, And I do want to give a nod to uh, the Community Foundation for Greater New Haven, which supports us in a significant way, and it's through that kind of support that we're able to provide uh, so many new and used books that are appropriate for children of all ages.
0: You know, and I think too, sort of just you mentioned earlier, just on the heels of the of last night's results, 50 percent of the people voted one way, fifty percent more or less voted another way. There's a big rift. But books and sharing ideas um, brings us together. That's right. Also, the little libraries, and and I don't want to sound too
2: ridiculous here because I don't believe it is um, the sharing of books, and even with families who feel as though they don't read that well. What, yeah. what is a book going to do other than intimidate me, expose me, show my shortcomings? I, I think it's essential to know, everyone, that a book is a way to engage, which goes back to what your little libraries are all about and why the partnership with the police And community wellness is so, this is so critical, is books, whether I share them with you, I talk about the pictures I see, I tell my own stories, that starts a one-to-one engagement. It may be inside the house. Then, before you know it, I'm engaging with Jane outside her little free library Then I happen to engage with the person who walks down the street to also return a book or share a book and deposit it. There is this thing that begins to happen, which Jane has already seen in her neighborhood is that you then become proud of what you're a part of. You start seeing, I'll throw out one more statistic and it's, you take pride in the success of your family or your children, your family, your community, and the people who live around you. By the age of three, many children in low-income homes have not heard enough words to be prepared for success in school. They have numerous studies to show that. So it's it's kind of predetermined by age three and age five how a child is going to struggle starting in kindergarten and in first grade. Some have heard, this is in low-income neighborhoods, some have heard as many as 30 million fewer words than have children from better or higher-income homes. So the idea that you're both reaching out and trying to get this engagement and nothing could be more fundamental than engagement through books, through words, through talking and sharing. Mm -hmm. Uh, it begins there. And if you can work on that, that forms the concrete foundation for all other sorts of things to happen.
1: You know, I know growing up in this, you know, new New Haven and, um, I had working, I had working class parents. We did not have a library in house. We had, uh, you know, a few books here and there. Uh, many of them were leftover high school books or uh, at the time my stepfather was, I think he was at a community college, so it might have been a leftover community college book here or there. And that was the era when the encyclopedia guy comes through and sells you encyclopedia or if you went to, I believe it was Pegnotaros or one of the markets, you could, if you bought a certain amount of groceries, they would have a encyclopedia edition every week or so, and you could get one. And, uh, you know, that's how I got books, you know, until as I, I, I told you, I, as a kid, I grew up in the library. I, I live right behind the Stetson Library. So that's where we spent all our summers. And after school, you went to the Stetson Library, that was the hangout. And by the time I was 14, I got a job as a junior, 14 or 15, I got a job as a junior librarian. So I spent the rest of my high school years as a librarian in there. So I had, I had my own free little personal library, uh, you know, in the back and it was explosive because growing up in the inner city and then going to private parochial schools, you are intimidated. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to read a lot of material. You have to write a lot. Um, it's not just about reading. I, th- I think the difference was me and many of my friends that lived in the inner city, my school was not just about you have to read this book, but you got to write a book report. And then they were going to quiz you on it, and then they were going to call you out on it in class, and then you have to present. So you had all these different components going on where many of my friends that went to the other schools, like the Hill House and the Cross schools, it was just just read this book. And it was almost like, read it, you say that you read it, and you're done with it. So I, I'm i a believer in, in reading. I mean, I'm an author myself, and I think that reading is really the escape. You know, you, you we may not be able to change a child's mom and dad's situation, their domestic violence situation. We can't necessarily change a parent that might be on alcohol or substance abuse. We may not be able to change the income level in a a child's house or some other things that they're challenged with bullying. But what we can do I think is provide them with a book that becomes an outlet that kind of helps them to develop in, in a really low sophisticated way, critical thought, cognitive reasoning, and those type of inner coping skills that sets them up for success.
0: Well, I think um, it's <clears throat> it's worthwhile to think about Andrew Carnegie, who came over to the States you know, as a, a very poor um, Scottish immigrant, and he realized that uh, books were going to be his way to success. And when he applied for a, um, a library card at the Pittsburgh Library, he was denied because he didn't have the $2 that was required to join the library. The letter that he wrote to the to the library it was eventually published in the pittsburgh newspaper um and he was given a library card he realized that books were his ticket to success not just his ticket to success but they they were what allowed him to be successful and so he made a point that he was going to have free libraries and that's how we have our free libraries today um i think he said at one point that a library outranks any other thing a community um can do to benefit its neighbor, its members. So you're right. Books are just the gateway to success, and reading.
1: Absolutely. Ken, cl- closing thoughts.
2: Well, I most assuredly congratulate you both, and you couldn't find a stronger supporter partner uh, than Read to Grow. This is what we've been doing for in January seventeen years. So we've been at this work. For quite a while, uh, it's it's something that's not a band It it doesn't cover up a wound. It it actually prevents a wound from happening. It's something that at times a book seems so simple, but it's more than just a book. It's it's so much more than just a book. It's begins with a book what the book does for an individual, a family, a community, pride in community, uh, exchange between police officers and residents, whether it's a kid, a six-year-old kid on a bike who's never spoken to a police officer before, but is going to go and get a book. Uh, It's that sharing between generations. It's a sharing between socioeconomic uh, levels. It's as uh, you said, a, a book opens a world of wonder and a world of thinking and a world of ideas and from there you create a, a well community it takes a while but it it's everybody working together.
1: So if you just join us today on urban talk radio we are discussing community wellness free libraries and if you miss any part of the show, you can log on to newhavenindependent.org, and you can find our show there on our show schedule, or you can also subscribe to bullminds.co to keep up with our latest shows and show schedule. Also, I uh, want to remind everybody that this event is going to kick off on Saturday, November the 12th at 1 p.m. at the Newhallville substation located at 596 Winchester Avenue, New Haven, Connecticut. And there we will have our first little free library. It will be installed. We'll have it stocked with books. You'll be able to take books. Um, we'll have some refreshments there. We'll be there so you can come and talk and get more questions. And this will be the beginning of what we hope to be a very successful project in the city of New Haven. And um, I'd just like to thank you Um, Ken Tolson for joining us today in the studio and also thank you to read to grow as well for your generous donation and your partnership and we're excited about doing some stuff in the future and raising more money for sure and raising Mm -hmm. more books for sure Um, you know um, just keep this going and Jane Lewis always thank you um, for coming in joining us and the hard work that you're doing My pleasure. effortless effortless she does it effortless oh easy she even pulled the, the little library out the box like, like I was like hold on let me, no she's like come on I, like hold on so um, so thank you so
2: reading develops muscles too oh because... yes it does yes yeah, sure. and I'm not messing <laughs> with her over. muscles
1: yes yeah, so if you miss any part of this live broadcast you can join our blog that old mines co to keep current on our latest show and show schedules remember urban talk radio airs every Wednesday at 9am and thank you for tuning in this morning.
0: Thank you. Yeah, thank you.